It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sports Desk, your 950 KJR Sports Headlines. All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a rainy Thursday night right here on 950 KJR, brought to you, of course, by our friends at VenueKings.com. Why don't you just give it a trophy? You're looking for tickets for the next Seahawks home game next Sunday against the Cardinals. VenueKings.com can take care of you. Cracking home games, including tonight against Anaheim. VenueKings.com. Be sure and use code Softy at checkout for a little discount. couple notes in the NFL. First of all, Odell Beckham Jr. is signing with the uh, L.A. Rams. And Cam Newton, 21, set for getting let go by Carolina, re-signing with the Panthers today. UConn has hired former Seahawks head coach Jim Mora as their oh. new head man, replacing Randy Edsel. Why don't you just say the Huskies have hired Jim Mora? Because I didn't yeah, want to, baby. I didn't want to do what you did yeah. earlier in the show and make people drive off the road. It's true, though. Crack and play tonight against the Anaheim Ducks, 4-8-1. Back at it, Anaheim 7-4-3. Kraken have lost 8 of 11. Pre-game 6-30, face-off 7 o'clock tonight right here on 950 KJR. Jags running back James Robinson back at practice today for the first time since being injured in the Hawks game two weeks ago. And we got uh, Husky basketball tonight over on 1090. Huskies trying to get the sour taste of a loss to NIU. Out of their mouths from Tuesday. Dogs 0-1. Northern Arizona. The Lumberjacks? Is that right? I believe so. Lumberjacks? Yeah. Coming to town. Taking the dogs on. 7.30 tip-off. 7 o'clock over on 1090 KJR. All right. So, Gabe Neitzel, who does a radio show on ESPN Radio in Milwaukee. This sounds like a stage name, by the way. Gabe Neitzel. Like, his real name is like Neitzelovich or something. Gabe Neitzel will join us at 5.30 and talk Packer football. Get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers coming back. The Packers made a play for Odell Beckham Jr. Didn't land him because, of course, he went to the Rams. Russell Wilson wanted Odell Beckham Jr., and he was asked about that today. With Odell, obviously, he's an unbelievable talent. You know, one of the world-class generational type talents. You know, for, for our organization, you know, we're always trying to find ways to compete and trying to find ways to win, that kind of thing. But we got some great guys already, too, and we got some of the best, best guys in the world already. So just to have the possibility of adding another amazing talent would be amazing. Um, if not, we're still ready. We're still ready to go hopefully all the way and uh, that's kind of our focus but um, he's a, he's a tr- tremendous talent. Talk to him since he became a creator. Yeah, we we talk, you know, we, we talk throughout the the years, really to be honest with you. Just just about life and whatever, you know, and just been good friends and stuff like that and like I said we've thrown a bunch together, you know. So, I know him pretty well. Just came final that Odell's actually choosing the Rams. I don't know if he's going to sign yeah. with him. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, good for him, you know. Um, you know, he'll he'll do great, you know, and uh, you know, wish him the best. Last few weeks been like for you. I mean, you never missed a game, hardly any practice, anything for ten seasons, and then to be out this long. How was that for you? You know, um, it was definitely a, a challenge. You know, I think adversity brings the best out of you. It was a pretty severe injury. You know, in the sense of how many things happened. You know, so I think that for me, my whole my whole mindset was to cut the time in half. That's kind of what my mindset has been since the moment it happened. And you know, throughout the whole process, I knew, you know, I was like, I was, I was hoping, I kind of knew in my head, you know, this is where I, this is my goal, this is where I, where I want to be. I even beat my own plan just by having amazing people around. So cut the estimate time and half. Did they tell you originally eight weeks? Six, to, most likely six to eight, yeah, to, to be to be go. And so, 
you know, I wasn't going to take the 68. <laughs> Multiple fractures in the finger, or was it a one displacement, or what was the how complicated was the? It was pretty complicated, you know. Uh, I don't want to get into finger uh, <laughs> terminology and stuff, but I know it all now. I feel like, um, but basically, you know, I had my mallet finger, the DIP, and then I had my, you know, I had the, I dislocated my finger as well, and then I had uh, two little fra two fractures in my finger as well. Ooh. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a nasty thing, and I, I, mean, I got four or five different opinions and everything else, and you know, I knew that you know Dr. Shin was the best at it. And that's the place I wanted to go to it, and, and uh, he had a whole plan, and uh, he told me the plan. I was like, all right, let's do it. Close to 100% is the strength and flexibility of the finger. Yeah, I feel I feel great. I feel really close. Um, I'm not 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 100% yet, but I'm pretty dang close. I would say uh, I'm the 90 percentile, if not higher. Um, you know, so I, I feel great, uh, ready to roll, and uh, ready to go. Don't you think it'd be funny? Maybe I'm the only one that thinks <laughs> this would be funny. What do you think I'm going to say here? Well, if it's the huh? same thing I'm thinking, what do you it thinking? had to do with the Odell question. Does yes. this have to do with the old Odell yes. question? When Michael Sean Dugar <laughs> said, you know what, Russell, actually, it just came across. He just signed with the Rams. Son of a bitch! Yes, you got Damn it! You and I have that been... Pete is an idiot! You I knew it! And I, Dave, have been working together <laughs> way too long because that's exactly what I thought. Are you when, kidding me? <laughs> if he just launched and shot him, these guys are out. just morons. And you're bleeping everything out. I'm tired of it here. I hate it. I'm out of here. I knew I should have left and gone to New York when Sierra said we should get out of this rat hole. I hate it here. I hate it. Come on, you'd laugh. I would I would absolutely love oh. it. But you did hear, as he's asking it, you know this is genuine because Russell, for the first time, he goes, I'm like, oh, wow. I, I, can't, I could not hear any of that. He just goes, oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds like... Play it again. Let me hear it again. One more time. One more time. I'll, I'll reset back it up a little okay, bit. This here is what? This is, this is Michael Sean Dugard telling yeah. him he's yeah. signing with the Rams. Okay. Yeah. Just came by that Odell's actually choosing the Rams. I don't know if he's going to sign yeah. with him. What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, good for him. You know. <laughs> yeah, he sounds thrilled that he's going to the Rams. God, I hate it here. I'm never going to win here good ever. Well, he's back. What he do we did. expect out of him? Mike doesn't know, right? Mike's uh, curious to see how the finger holds up. Was that not the exact reaction when you hear that an ex-girlfriend of yours has gotten a new rich boyfriend? Yeah. That is, oh, good for her. Yeah, good for you her. You know, that's, yeah. exa that's exactly the reaction that you Except he's got to do it in front of the camera. Right, you and I don't have that possibility of doing it in front of the cameras. That's right. Uh, we don't need to worry about that because we're on radio. But I, I, I think I think they needed him. I think I, I, I would have been totally fine with them claiming him on waivers. I mean, nobody yes, claimed him. You know, nobody thought he was worth the seven point two five million the rest of the way. But I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see what they do with that money. They roll it over to next year. What are their plans? What are John Schneider and Pete Carroll's plans for, for next year? Um, I know Mike Garofolo. Do you have that clip, by the way, ready? Uh, Mike Garofolo, NFL Network, was on with Puck and Jim today and actually talked about Odell Beckham Jr. and the Seahawks offer that they made. They did make an offer. Is that right? Seahawks made an offer to OBJ and why he did not sign with the Seahawks. Check this out. The rumor going around is Seattle actually offered him the most concrete details, concrete uh, contract details, whereas a lot of the, or the other teams are offering, you know, the chance to earn it. You know, you got to be active for games and you got to do X, Y, Z, whereas the Seahawks is more of a, you know, come here, sign here, you're guaranteed a certain amount of money, which I think is their play, right? Because they're not necessarily in those top three when it comes to where they are record-wise right now, 
you know, quarterback-wise, they're good, but but maybe system-wise, it's not quite what he's looking for. The Seahawks offered the most concrete offer, the the best offer, just in terms of guaranteed money to OBJ. That's your understanding. That's what other teams are telling me. Yes, other teams are are gathering that their offers, which include contingencies and incentives, however you want to, uh, yeah, up, upside is what they like to say. And we're offering you know around the minimum with upside, whereas Seahawks, uh, the Seahawks, I'm, I, I gather, are willing to do more concrete contract details. What do you think the hesitation is on his side then to, to not agree to it? To not, to, to not come to Seattle? Yeah. Um, again, this this would be just a guess, but I would I would sense it's not a aired out system. They prefer to, you know, use the running game to set up everything else. We know, we know how it is. We know what Pete would love to do. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, two, where they are in the standings right now. You know, you, we talked about it. They're working. So if they lose this week, they're what, three and six? I do believe he wants to, to step into a contender that's more well-placed. Uh, I, I would say that those are the two drawbacks. And the other one may be, you know, I, I, location's going to be big for him. You know, I, I, I think I think he, he wanted L.A. I think he wanted Vegas. So, but that would only be my guess. Okay. So Mike Garofolo speculating that one of the reasons why Odo Beckham Jr. did not want to choose the Seahawks, and it sounds like he wasn't, if there was really an official final three, it felt like it was the Packers, Chiefs, and Rams, and the Hawks were not in the final three. I know Boom Boom was reporting that, Rossini, over at ESPN. Um, if you look at it, though, Dick, the Seahawks are dead last in the NFL in pass attempts, mm-hmm. and it's not even close. And they are, where are they in rushing attempts? They're not very high either because no, they're they also in dead, place. Well, they're dead last in plays, right. So they are 30th, 27th, 5th, the 23rd in rush attempts, but they're also dead last in pass attempts. And that's why I wanted the guy, because I just simply put think they need better players so they can run more plays and stay on the field longer. Well, part of the pass attempts is skewed that you had Geno Smith the last three that's weeks, true. and they did part not want him passing the ball. So I would like to see where, where were they was. when Russell got hurt. Do you know where they were? I don't. Okay. I don't. I'm looking here. You mentioned rolling over the cap room, yeah. and I mean we have $12.3 million in cap room for this year. That is fifth best in the NFL. You look ahead at next year and the Seahawks have $54 million in cap room. Right. There's only two teams that have more cap room in both this year and okay. next year than the Hawks and that's Denver and Jacksonville. So what do you need the money for? Oh, we're, don't you always talk at the well, end of the year about, oh my God, how are we going to fit this under the cap? Now we're not going to have to worry about that next right, year. Right, but you're not worried about it right now. Right. So what do you need? What do you need to roll the money over for then? That's my question. Oh, I'm just saying it'll why give you just, more. Why not just hey, go to for... Beckham Junior. right now? You've already got how much money next year? Fifty four million dollars. Fifty four million. Okay, so and you and you roll some cash over. But I mean, look, there's teams like the Jaguars had like eighty million dollars. Right. They didn't spend all of that. They didn't. So I, I, who knows if the Seahawks will even spend all of that next year? I assume they'll spend most of it, but I got no idea what they'll do. So, meaning, here's my question. If you are already in a very, very good cap situation next year and already have, for the most part, let's face it, plenty of money to spend in free agency, Mm -hmm. why not just spend some of that now on OBJ and go make a run towards the Super Bowl? In a wide open NFC, oh, and, and I was that forward. makes me think they should have spent the money even more. I, I after was hearing for you say that. that. I, I'm not. I'm not an anti OBJ guy. I was. I was for that. But I mean, maybe you can give yourself a situation where you restructure Russell Wilson's contract mm. and you pay him some more money up front, and then that gives you flexibility in the down the road. I know this. When Garofolo made that qu- clip today uh, on Puck and Jim. A lot of folks took that as well. This is another example of how Russell's not going to be happy and he's going to walk out of here because the Seahawks don't throw the ball and they won't give him the weapons he wants. 
and he's pissed off, and we're going to revisit this whole thing all over again over the offseason. As it sits here right now, like, for example, the Packers, I think there's a genuine conversation about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay next year, Correct. right? Do we need to have that same trepidation and conversation right now about Russell Wilson next year on the Seahawks roster as Jackson nods his head up and yep. down? Okay. Not on November 11th. On January 11th, potentially, if they go 8-9, and nine, but not on November 11th, you don't, because you don't know what's going to happen in the last two months of the season. The Seahawks may do what I suggested with Mike Holmgren and just abandon the run because they realize it doesn't work. Russell Wilson starts firing, DK gets his targets, Tyler gets his targets, and they go 7-1 and one down the stretch, and then you don't have to worry about Russell Wilson. Why can't we year. talk about it now? What well, if I, I just don't. What think, if I want to talk about it? Well, you can. What if he wants to talk about? I'm just don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's something you bring up in the middle of the season. That's an. That's an off season thing. Whether Russell Wilson is is going to come back or not. Oh, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let's let's back let's back up for a moment, Dick. You just posited the thought of what if the Seahawks abandon the run Holmgren style and air it out and go seven and one with Russell Wilson throwing the ball all over the field to DK and and Eskridge and everybody else, yes. right? Only if Chris Carson isn't there, Chris Carson. There, I don't think they do nah. that anyway. I, there is about as yeah. good of a chance that happening as the Seahawks firing Pete Carroll and hiring me as their head coach. Well, I, I understand why you say that, although if you go back to the one year that the Seahawks had absolutely zero running game, which I think Russell was their leading rusher, he threw the more than any other... 2015. Uh, any, any other year of his career. Yeah. Because they realized we have no running game. Russ has to throw. Then now, he not? didn't throw 700 okay. times, but he threw more than he ever right. has before. Let me ask you this. Then if that's the case, why not sign Odell Beckham Jr.? Yes. This is another reason why they should have signed him. I mean, all you're doing is giving me... I'm not saying that you're not agreeing with me. Right. All you're doing is giving me a bunch of... You just told me the salary cap, they got a billion dollars to spend. <laughs> they can't run the ball. They're going to throw the crap out of it. Then what the hell are we doing? Because what were, they, I, what were they doing letting Odell Beckham Jr. walk if that's going to be the case? Maybe they believe that their plan is still going to work and that Chris Carson's going to be healthy. They'll be able to be balanced. They don't have to deal with the headache of OBJ, which is absolutely potential of, of happening. They offered him a contract. The yeah. most concrete contract yeah. of any team. Clearly, they weren't that concerned about it. If they offered them, you know, okay. The so most then, then why are we money? getting on the Seahawks then? Because here's the here's the issue: is that <laughs> according to, to Garofalo, who who knows a thing or two in the NFL, and in his guesses, I'm taking as pretty darn good guesses. And his number one guess there was OBJ saying the Seahawks' offensive system. Why would I want to be a part of that? That is a Seahawks issue. No, he That's also a said issue. he also said three and five. Oh, that's true. Sure, he did sure. say that. He did also say, he did that, say that. But the first reasoning he said out of his mouth was about the Seahawks offense. Well, you look at it, look, and he said, you know what Pete wants to do. Yeah, we can, I mean, whether it was first or second or the fifth thing or the ninth thing or the tenth thing or he never said it all, maybe he mouthed it to somebody. Maybe he did it in sign language. I got no idea. I think that, I, I understand what Dick's saying. I also think that Jackson's right, that whether fair or unfair... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, 
Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And maybe it's unfair. There's a perception about this football team around the NFL. Yes. DK Metcalf had the same problem, right? When he came out of the offseason, what mm-hmm. was his thing he said? Well, oh, they, they, just, they run, 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 throw the ball. Exactly. And right. yeah. We looked that up, and it's not accurate, right? Correct. Correct. But that's what he thinks. Yes. So perception is reality in a lot of ways. When it comes to marketing yourself as a coach, yep. when it comes to marketing yourself as an offense, if you're marketing yourself to Odell Beckham Jr., you have to market a certain message that's appealing to him, and it's possible that Mike is right that the message Odell Beckham Jr. got was not one that he liked. Maybe he does think this is a ground-and-pound football team. I mean, how much Seahawk football does Odell Beckham Jr. really watch, honestly? Very. He's playing every Sunday. Yeah, we're on we're on national TV a lot, and that's the game that all the NFL right. players watch. They watch Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football, right, and we're on there quite a bit. So they, Okay, so maybe he's seen him once or twice yeah. the entire year, if he wants to watch it. Maybe he's doing something else. Maybe he's hanging out with the honeys. I got no idea what he's doing. But how much does he really watch to know that maybe this team throws the ball a little bit more than maybe folks give them credit for? There is that perception out there, and they do have to fight that. So, I don't know. I, I, I just think, again, after hearing all that about the numbers and the, and the, and the frequency in which they want to throw the ball potentially, which I think they should, just like Greg Lewis talks about the Husky wide receivers are better than the Husky running backs. Mm-hmm. Same with the Zayax. It's the same exact damn thing. That's right. Okay? They are better. And the, and look, they're thin at that spot. That's why they needed Odo Beckham Jr. But still, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as a combo, as a pair, are better than any five running backs the Huskies of the Seahawks have had this year. And, you know, I've always been a proponent of Pete Carroll's offense for a couple reasons. One, we had a healthy, awesome Chris Carson, and they could do it. And an offensive line that was better run blocking than it was pass blocking. And two, a defense largely in 2018, 2019, that was eh, shaky, right? I think the defense is better this year than it's been the last two years. I think you can kind of get them in more high-tempo, up-and-down type offensive games. And you don't have to protect them quite as much. Plus, yeah, you don't have a running game right now. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm ready to yeah, increase the right. passing. I do think it's very. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens this Sunday. You know, I I, mean, I, I get your point, and I'm with you gener- generally that they can lose this game and still be a playoff team because their schedule opens up big time. But man, if they get thumped this weekend by oh, Green yeah, Bay and, and they're three and six, that all of a sudden, oh geez, man, maybe we go on the air Monday and say, you know what, maybe it's a good thing. But again, we're not. Talking about giving up draft picks for the guy. This is why this was such a perfect situation for Odell Beckham Jr. You're light on draft capital already for obvious reasons, and you don't have to give any of it up. Maybe if they would have increased the offer by a couple of million dollars, maybe he would have signed here. Do we know what he got from the Rams? Anybody have that. any idea? I haven't. I'm. I'm I, I, I would love to find out what the Rams gave the guy. Five twenty. We'll get a break. We're going to head to Green Bay, Milwaukee, actually, and get a preview of what the Packers are up to. Is Aaron Rodgers actually playing in the game on Sunday? Is he going to come back to the uh, facility on Saturday and then suit up against the Hawks on Sunday? Gabe Neitzel, ESPN, Milwaukee, will join us. Give us a take on the Packers next on nine fifty K. You'll love. Now back to Kraken Game Day with Softy and Dick. 
Brought to you by SmartSheet. What's hybrid work? It's having the people, the resources, and the total freedom to manage everything your way from wherever you are. And that's SmartSheet, the platform for dynamic work. All right, cracking game day, 7 o'clock. They'll drop the puck over at the barn, Climate Pledge Arena tonight, 6.30 pregame show, Mike Benton. Is that what we're calling it? The I barn? guess. Why not? I mean, mm-hmm. you got a better name for it? No. CPA, the accountant? Anything? Anything? <laughs> Anybody? I mean, I'm up for whatever, man. Cracking uh, Ducks at 7 o'clock. Mike Benton's here, 6.30 pregame, right here on 950 KJR. But joining us right now on the radio show, ESPN Radio, Milwaukee, talking Packers, Seahawks, our friend Gabe Neitzel. And Gabe, Hawks and Packers are going to get it on Sunday at Lambeau, but both teams are bummed out that Odell Beckham Jr. became a Ram. How close do you think the Packers were to uh, landing Odell's services? It kind of seems like it was close. I know Kim Jones from the NFL Network was uh, tweeting out that the decision was between the Rams and the Packers. And there were plenty of Packers fans that got excited and they ended up finishing second in a major player sweepstakes. Happened earlier this year. Stephon Gilmore thought he was going to get released and become a Packer. Instead, he ends up getting traded to the Panthers instead. So I guess business as usual here in the state of Wisconsin. Well, most Seahawks fans, I think, believe that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Is that the feeling from Packer fans as well, or is there some trepidation there? No, I think that most Packer fans believe he's going to play. Now, he even himself, when he appeared on the Pat McAfee show, you know, left the door open very slightly that he might not play. Of course, he just has some hurdles to clear to come off the COVID-19 reserve list. And, um, you know, he has to make sure he passes those physical tests. But I would expect him to do that, and I would expect him to play. And it should be a fun one with that returning Aaron Rodgers, returning Russell Wilson on, on Sunday afternoon at Lambeau. Gabe, how would you describe the Packers' front office and their relationship with Aaron Rodgers? And do you believe, as we sit here today, that Aaron Rodgers will be under center playing quarterback for the Packers next September. I still expect to be here next September. Now, I feel like the relationship between him and the front office is improving. One of the big complaints that he had when he stepped to the podium for the first time this preseason was, A, he wanted to be more involved, and it seems like they're having those conversations. Randall Cobb is a Green Bay Packer because that's what Aaron Rodgers wanted and he has said himself that he has enjoyed the conversations he's had with Packers general manager, Brian Gunkoost. So I think it's a, a situation where the relationship is getting better, but ultimately the Packers salary cap situation for next season is complicated, and that's putting it nicely. I just think at this point it's going to make the most sense for the Packers to blow it up and move on with uh, Jordan Love as, as their quarterback of the future, and I think that's still the direction that we're currently heading in. A lot of criticism, obviously, the last couple of weeks for Aaron Rodgers around the country. Was he insulated from that in the state of Wisconsin because he's your quarterback? Absolutely not. Oh. Absolutely not. And, and, and it's not, you know, a lot of the national attention, you know, whether it was the SNL skit, whether it was all the guys on, on Fox kind of, that was hung up more, I think, on his decision to not get vaccinated. Here in the state of Wisconsin, there was more of a disappointment that he deliberately misled everyone when on August 26th, he stepped to the podium and said, when, when asked, are you vaccinated? He said, yeah, I'm immunized. And he decided to mislead everyone on that. And then he goes in that on Friday, last Friday goes on the, uh, on the Pat McAfee show and is very defiant. He was a lot more contrite this time around. And I think that smoothed some things over, but he was certainly, there are a number of Packer fans that, 
um, with everything that happened during this offseason than what happened now with this COVID-19 situation around Aaron Rodgers that are done with it. They're ready to move on. And I think that he, he did himself some favors by showing some contrition yeah. this past Tuesday, but uh, he was certainly not spared any criticism here in the state of Wisconsin just because he's our starting quarterback. Well, and uh, look, uh, obviously there's a better-than-average chance, better-than-50-50 chance at this point that both him and Russell Wilson are playing on Sunday. We know Russell is out there, and uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to be as close to 100% as, as you can get. You know, it's funny because all the conversations about the game have had nothing to do with the game, right? So what does your gut feel tell you with Russell Wilson now coming back and maybe even Chris Carson coming back for the Seahawks on Sunday, would you be shocked if the Seahawks walked out of Lambeau with their first win since 1999? I would not be shocked because, uh, I mean, we got to see up close and personal some of the magic that Russell Wilson has here in the state of Wisconsin because he brought that to that 2011 Badgers team. That was a fun team to watch, and he's continued that and obviously gotten even better as an NFL quarterback for your team out there in Seattle. So Russell Wilson's got some magic, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'll raise my hand, I was making fun of him when he's running those fake two-minute drills and everybody's showing it on <laughs> Sunday night football and Monday night football when he's running his, you know, those two-minute drills by himself. I was making fun of him. That being said, I know he's a dangerous quarterback, and he's got some unbelievable weapons, especially with D.K. Metcalf on the outside. The Packers' defense has played very well this season. Um, they've given up the, mo- the least amount of points uh, as a defense, as a team, since the 2010 season, which is the year that they won the Super Bowl. So this has been the pack, best Packers defense in a decade. That being said, the Packers offense has just been a tick off. Even with Aaron Rodgers, obviously last week that Jordan Love only scored seven points. But even with Aaron Rodgers, they've only scored over 30 points once this season. And that was against the Lions in week two. So with no Aaron Rodgers practicing all week, it wouldn't shock me if the Packers offense, despite getting healthy and getting all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari back this week, he's coming off of the PUP list after tearing his ACL late last season. Uh, it wouldn't be shocking if the Packers offense was just a little disjointed, especially early in the game. So I would not be shocked if Russell Wilson came in and, and had some Russell Wilson magic to to lead the Seahawks to a win. Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee, talking Hawks Packers here on 950 KJR. Do you think that potential dip in offense – has to do with Aaron Rodgers missing a week and a half or has to do with something else in the offense? Um, I, I think that, I mean, him missing a week and a half certainly doesn't help, but they have not been healthy at wide receiver. And their offensive line, while it's played well, Robert Tunyon, who's now also out for the year with a torn ACL, he was a big weapon in the offense last year, had double-digit touchdowns. But I think he had to stay in early in the season chip a little bit more, so the timing with him, within him in the offense was a little off. He wasn't as productive. And then Marquez Veldes-Scantling, who is their, their speedster, he gets hurt. Uh, Alan Lazard tests positive for COVID. So it just seems like every week there's just something within the Packers' offense where it hasn't been able to hit its full potential. Now, I think everybody here in Wisconsin expects that by the time we hit, you know, the beginning of January and the end of the regular season that this offense is going to look a lot like the one that led the NFL in scoring a year ago. But it just seems like every week there's one thing or another that just gets them a tick off yeah. that they're only scoring 24 points instead of 31 or 34 points. Well, let me let me wrap it up with this. Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Radio, Milwaukee Seahawks Packers on Sunday. We'll be at the Emerald Queen watching the game in the sports bar uh, outside of the obvious, which is number three coming back for the Seahawks. What scares you about this 3-5 uh, and five Seahawks football team? 
I would still I would still say the wide receivers. Um, I mean, especially with the Packers. Now the Packers secondary has held up, and they held up better than I thought that they would a couple weeks ago in Arizona when they won that game on a Thursday night. But most offenses that they've played has had one wide receiver that you can go, okay, you focus on that guy. Whatever happens with the rest of the guys, who cares? And the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett, those are two legitimate guys, and that's a situ- that's, that's a position where the Packers have been beat up and. They've gotten by with somebody they picked up off the street in Razul Douglas. They've gotten by with Kevin King, who's been much uh, maligned in terms of his play. He's been very up and down his entire time in Green Bay. And then uh, Eric Stokes is a rookie cornerback. So the cornerback situation in Green Bay, I'm, I'm still not a complete and full believer in everything that they have going on there. So it's the combination of those two wide receivers with a returning Russell Wilson that, that makes me a little bit worried about this game on Sunday. Yeah, Kevin King, former Husky. We know him well, obviously, from his days in Seattle. So listen, man, uh, have fun this weekend. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk down the road, Gabe. Appreciate this, thanks, buddy. Gabe. Yeah, you guys, uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, do it anytime. Yeah, you got it. Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Milwaukee. A few thoughts on the Seahawks and Packers. And interesting to hear his kind of reaction to how Packer fans are reacting to Aaron Rodgers and then what Mike Holmgren said about Aaron Rodgers. It sounds to him, that Packer fans are just kind of done with the whole drama. They yeah. want to move on. I was a little surprised to hear that. I thought he would be like, yeah, he's insulated. You know, most yeah. Packer fans are with him. He's Aaron Rodgers after all, and he went the exact opposite way. Absolutely. Well, look, uh, he was playing like an MVP before he got sick, right? No doubt. One of the top five players in the NFL. So if I were a Green Bay fan... I would want him back more now than I did two weeks ago. Yeah. After watching watching Jordan Love play, are you kidding me? But he wasn't playing as well as he did last oh, year. No, that's true. That's true. But he's still playing at a damn high a level. Very high level. Yes. And was there anything out of Jordan Love that you saw that would make you feel like, ah, you know, maybe we can do without Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> Nothing. If I, a, if I was a Packer fan, that would have been a quick, Nothing. cold glass of water right over my face. All right, 539 Everett fits you, voice of the Kraken. Coming up at 605, Kraken Ducks at 7 right here on 950KJ.org. Now back to Kraken Game Day with Softy and Dick. Brought to you by Smartsheet. What's hybrid work? It's having the people, the resources, and the total freedom to manage everything your way from wherever you are. And that's Smartsheet, the platform for dynamic work. All right, Kraken Ducks coming up 7 o'clock, pregame 6.30. Everett Fitzhugh will join us, by the way, at 6.05 on the radio show. Of course, everyone knows the uh, Ducks are led in scoring by the uh, contributions from the big Russian so far. Sergei Sugmyov, after 13 games, has 14 goals and 7 assists. Lead the NHL with 21 points after 9 games so far. Uh, I just made that up. Uh, how many folks, though, would know that I'm making that name up? That's an oldie but I mean, it, Yeah, it's a great right? one. That's yeah. an all-timer. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Defenseman, three goals, nine assists. Troy Terry, 13 games, nine goals, seven assists. Uh, good old Sergey has not is, been able to get on the ice yet so Does far Gordon Bombay year. still coach the team? Uh, I got no idea. Oh. Does he? Does he coach the team? Actually, he did come back to coach them in a recent season. <laughs> yes, You're lying. Yes, he did. It's, it's, it's new on Disney+. Plus. They actually came back with the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> What's the name of the offense again that uh, they the run? The Flying V. The Flying V, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Everett Fitch, you <laughs> will join us to talk Quack. about that at 6.05. All right, Rick Neuheisel was on the air with us about two hours ago, and we asked him if he thought Jimmy Lake should come back as the head coach of the Dogs. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. You've, you've invested in him. You're disappointed in him. And deservedly so. And you've let him know that uh, what has happened isn't good enough. But you believe, as you believed when you hired him, that there's more in the tank and that he can fix this. And you're anxious to help, help him do it. And I think that's the uh, right message. Uh, I don't know that you have any better options right now out there, especially in a world where SC's open, LSU's open, TCU is open. Uh, I think uh, you're better to stay with this guy who's been humbled, and now I think we'll work his tail off to try to uh, say thank you for this second opportunity. I don't doubt that all those things are true that Rick just said, that he'll work his ass off and he'll be humbled. My biggest concern about Jimmy moving forward is how much will he be affected by the label of being a guy that got suspended for hitting a player? How much will that affect him when it comes to recruiting? Because recruiting is everything, right? Yes. And recruiting, by the looks of it, has not gone swimmingly so far. They're ranked eighth or ninth in the Pac-12 right now. Obviously, sometimes those people miss on things like that. But I think in general terms, the Huskies are not doing phenomenal in recruiting. We just saw three guys take off and go to Ohio State from our own backyard that you wanted to keep in town. Um, so I don't know how anybody could say recruiting is going outstanding right now for UW, and now he's got to continue to recruit, continue to try and talk local guys into staying home and do it with this label on his resume that was not there a week ago. That is a concern for me. I think that label is potentially short-term, and this is a very, very young football team, and if he comes back next year with a much more experienced football team and has the type of year next year that we thought he was going to have this year, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's forgotten. You're saying wins will make that yes. stuff go away. Yes. You think they win games with this team that they have right now on campus, right? So no new players, just the guys they have right now. Like, I don't know, who's, who's your quarterback next year? Sam Heward? Probably. You think it's Sam? Okay, so Sam Heward's back. Cam Davis is back. You lose a bunch of guys on your offensive line, but your receivers are all, all back. back. Okay, your, your linebackers for the most are back. Is back. Carson Bruner, two corners. Your defensive line. You lose McDuffie. You lose Gordon. So you think they have enough talent right now to win? You know, ten or eleven games next year. Ooh, do something a lot, well because but... I guess my question: what What do college football teams have to do now that is considered to be significant? What do they have to do? Meaning, if they win nine games and they go nine and three in the regular season. And they win the bowl game, and they're a ten and three football team. Is that looked at as significant? I think it depends on what school you are and where you've come from. Uh, what? We're talking about this school, obviously. Is I think that- nine and three this year and winning a bowl game would have been significant. It wouldn't have been a great season, but okay. it would have been an, a very acceptable season. But your contention is that if they win enough games, they can make the scar go away. I think wins Does erase. That do it. Does a that lot. do it? Does nine and three do it? Does ten wins at a? I mean, what would be like a Holiday Bowl victory or a Sun Bowl victory? You're 
you're not playing in the Rose Bowl, maybe you're in the Alamo Bowl. The problem for me, too, at this conference is that unless you're in the Rose Bowl, what can you do that really matters to people? Does anybody care who wins the Alamo Bowl? Does anybody care who wins the Sun Bowl? No. Does anybody care who wins the Holiday Bowl? Other conferences seem to have two or three cracks at a decent marquee bowl game against a big marquee opponent where they could make some kind of an impact. I think if you're not winning the conference and playing in the Rose Bowl, I th- what are you really doing in the Pac-12? I think you got to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Yes, yes. Agreed. And 10-2 and gets you to a New Year's Six Bowl. Okay. And so right. that would be significant. Anything right. short of that next year right. and... You know, if it it also depends on how they finish this year. Yeah. You know, if he comes back, how do they? I think that makes a huge difference in the minds of Husky fans. Do they have that type of 2015 type run that sets you up for 2016's Final Four because they were so good at the end of the 2015 season? That was a lost year, man. They were two and five in conference that year, and all of a sudden they caught fire, won a bowl game, and and, and catapulted them to uh, to greatness the next year. Nobody saw Chris yeah, Peterson. Yeah taking this team to the Final Four 15 months no, before you're right. he took them to the Final and, Four. And do you see that now, next year? Do no, you see that kind but of I didn't run? see it then either. Right. Well, uh, yes, nobody did see it back then, but looking back on it, the biggest reason why they were able to pull that off is because they had Buda Baker, they had Taylor Rapp, they had Sidney Jones, they had Kevin King, they had Ben Burkirvan, they had Vita Vea, right? They had Greg Gaines, they had Saul Muching, they had Joe Mathis, all these great players on defense. Do we see that right now on defense next year? I don't see it right now. I'm kind of concerned about losing Gordon and McDuffie, and I know that we've been sitting here for years and years and years saying they just reload, they reload, they reload. There's a part of me that wonders if next year is the year where they don't reload at cornerback. They don't seem to have that kind of big-time player waiting in the wings the way they have before. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this year when you've got two locked-down first- or second-round draft pick cornerbacks, nobody's throwing on you, so they can't even... And it's not like nobody's throwing on you because... They want to throw on you, but those corners are so good that they can't. Nobody's throwing on you because you're not yeah. facing any yeah. passing teams. Okay, so so Dick says if they win enough games, which you think they will, is that right? Next year, that win game, this team's better next year. Oh, I think they're better next year. I'm I'm not saying that they're going to be yeah. a BCS. They're team four and next five right year. now, right. so they better yeah. damn well be better. Of course, right? but I don't think. But I don't think seven wins in a bowl game next year is enough to keep his job if he comes back either. this season. I don't either. I mean, I, I just and, and again, I, I I've never I've never observed a Husky football head coach who's been suspended before. Number one, I've never seen none of us have ever seen a Husky football catch, coach get suspended. Right? Well, Rick got in trouble, but then right. he never could. He never came back. Never came back. I mean, th- there's never been a. In our lifetime, there's never been a Husky, a, a head coach at Washington who's been suspended and then had to come back and never been a head coach who was suspended for hitting a player and then had to go out and recruit. I think it'd be different if Jimmy Lake was busted for improper benefits, right? Like he bought a player's mama salad or whatever, <laughs> you know, gave a, gave a guy's brother a quarter right. to go play Donkey Kong somewhere. That's a different story. This is a label, and I hope he can overcome it because I think he deserves to overcome it. Everybody deserves a chance to make what was wrong right. 
I don't know if UW should be the guinea pig to see if it works. Because he's going to be able to overcome it. Like we said, he's going to go to Alabama. He's going to be the best defensive coordinator in college football, and eventually he's going to get a head job back. We can already see what's down the road for Jimmy Lake if Jen decides to fire him. 554. uh, Kraken coming up at 7. Everett Fitzhugh is going to join the radio show next on 950K. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 950 KJR Sports Headlines. Boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a rainy Thursday night right here on Softy and Dick. Of course, are brought to you by our friends at VenueKings.com. I didn't know that side of Softy there. Kraken and the Ducks, baby. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. These two teams get together. Throw out the record books, boys. Pre-game 6.30. Puck drop 7 o'clock. Everett Fitzhugh will join us in a matter of minutes. Looking for tickets. VenueKings.com has you covered. Lots of news in the NFL. Cam Newton signs with Carolina 20 months after he was cut by them. And Odell Beckham Jr. is back in the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams. We got one game in top 25 college basketball that has gone final. 21st-ranked Maryland goes to 2-0. They beat George Washington 71-64. And it's the Dogs and the Lumberjacks tonight. How about that? 7.30 over on 1090 KJR because we got the Kraken here on... 950 KJR. I think a George was was Incadare. Did he play he at was. George Washington? Who was Remember the little him? little guy that played with him too? They came to the Kingdom for the uh, yes. regionals back in the day. Number 21 Pittsburgh college football leading North Carolina 23 to seven as we speak from Pittsburgh and the Kraken again tonight against the Ducks at seven o'clock 6:30 pregame. Speaking of the Kraken, Anaheim general manager Bob Murray resigning today will enroll in an alcohol abuse program. The move comes one day after he was placed on leave pending an investigation over improper professional conduct. Mr. Unlimited says his finger feels about 90%. He gets set to start on Sunday. He also said doctors felt he'd be out six to eight weeks, and his goal was to cut that timeline in half, which he did. When you're on Easter weekend, your wife is over here braiding your hair. Some scores around the NHL. We can get into the habit now, giving scores around the NHL. People care now. Boston leading Edmonton 3-2 early third period from Boston Flames and Canadiens. Tied it to also early third from Montreal. And the Kings leading Ottawa 1-0 mid-third period from Ottawa. Let's see. Uh, early third, Devils up on the Islanders 2-0, and the Panthers Penguins 2-2, 15-05 to go third from Pittsburgh. Kyler Murray did not practice again today. Whoa. He is day-to-day getting set for the game against the Panthers, and by the way, the Panthers are 10.5 point dogs. Wow. If you have a care to wager on that game. That? You don't say. You don't that was our factor fiction pick Indeed. earlier today. It's looking better and better as the hours go by. <laughs> this is Kraken Game Day, brought to you by SmartSheet. What's hybrid work? It's having the people, the resources, and the total freedom to manage everything your way from wherever you are. And that's SmartSheet, the platform for dynamic work. Now with Kraken Game Day, here's Softy and Dick. Okay, so Kraken and Ducks at 7 o'clock, pregame 6.30 with Mike Benton coming up in a matter of minutes here. Uh, Everett Fitzhugh will join us as well in a few minutes, talk about tonight's matchup and uh, what the Kraken have done so far after 13 games. So I looked at my GPS here my iPhone. It's .7 miles up the hill from right here to yeah, Climate Pledge it's a Arena. a long, hard, rainy How walk. long would it take me to run up the hill and touch the west side of the wall of that arena? Well, from you're in right better here. shape now than you yeah, were a few years ago. Right. Running up the hill in the rain 
wearing a pair of jeans. Uh, I got to run the whole time. I can't stop. Running from here to climb to? a pledge arena. Yes, I got to run the whole Nine way. minutes. Oh. Nine minutes. Wow, you're putting a lot of faith in me, boy. Nine minutes. I was going to say 12. <laughs> a lot of faith in me. Well, that's only like a 12-minute mile. You uh, should be able to do yeah. a 12-minute mile yeah. uphill. I should, but I'm going uphill, though. That's the difference. In See, jeans? Here's the thing True. for me, okay? Uh, losing weight's one thing. Being in shape is entirely a different thing. Entirely another. They're and supposed to kind of go hand in hand. They are, right? if you work out. And I don't work out. Okay. <laughs> I wish I worked out. I get bored. The problem is, I told you this, I get bored out of my freaking mind working out. I'll try to watch TV shows. You guys watch Yellowstone? Anybody? <laughs> Another dollar. <laughs> I'll watch Yellowstone. I'll watch Ted Lasso. I'll watch anything. Just get I'll engrossed watch in a show and run. I can't do it because I keep moving the iPad over to take a peek at how far I've gone and how much longer oh, yeah. I have left. Gotta cover it up. I, I can't do it. Every time. I cover it up with my phone. I'm the same way, Softy. I can't way. do it. Not, Dick, I can't cover it up. I have to literally duct tape something. To the go. clock. That's what you got to do. Because I'll keep cheating. All right, joining us right now on the radio show. Where the hell's this guy been? He became a big broadcaster and blew us off. Everett Fitzhugh, the voice of the Kraken, with us right now on 950 KJR. How are you? You guys, you guys haven't been getting my text messages. No, uh, I, I've, been, I've been letting you guys know. Oh man. Yeah, you gotta, things have been going well, though. I can't complain. You got to hit send on those, by the way, for us to get them. So it just, uh, you know, I can, that's what it is. Uh, I'll show okay. you how to use that phone when you got a few minutes. Uh, well, let's talk about it, dude. Let's talk about it from a view from 40,000 feet. The team, after 13 games, 4 8 and 1, uh, they've lost 8 of 11. Uh, let's get kind of a State of the Union, a status report on the Kraken from your perspective after the first 13 games. Yeah, you know, it. it, it it's kind of been the same story all year long. This team is close. This team is kind of on the verge. They're getting their chances. They're not a bad team, but there's just little pieces and there's little things in every game or, or throughout the course of the game that need to improve. The biggest thing uh, <clears throat> is playing a full 60 minutes. And, and, and the Kraken have done a really good job this year, playing great in the first period, playing great in the second period. Statistically, this team's best period is the second period. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then dipping a little bit in the third. We saw that the other day in Vegas. The Kraken uh, had the lead, or, or they're... they're Going into the second, they come into the second period, they play really, really well, throw everything to the net, and then in the third period, Vegas scores two goals in the opening three-and-a-half-ish minutes, and, and that sealed the game uh, four minutes for the Kraken. So it's all about playing a full 60 games. This team isn't a bad team, and I know that the results you know, may not be where – fans and obviously where the where the coaching staff and players would like but this is one of those teams that that is right there a couple of tweaks a couple of of things to figure out and and this team is 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 charging up the standings dave haxtall said today everett there are no drastic leaps that we need to make he's kind of echoing what you're saying he said just small improvements i would imagine one of those improvements is closing out periods without allowing last second goals i mean what's been the reason for that do you think (sighs) 
Yeah, that, that, that was the number one word he's been using a lot over the past couple of games has been momentum. And once you seize and capture that momentum, holding on to it, uh, Arizona was, was a prime example. The Kraken had a really good opening minute of the game, didn't play their best hockey throughout the rest of the game, but they still found themselves in a position to win. They score late in the third period. 13 seconds later, uh, Lawson Krause comes back for Arizona with his second of the game, which turns out to be the game winner. Same thing. You get momentum scoring late in the period in Vegas. They come back. They tie the game up at the end of the second period. And, and you know, the, the guys are happy. And, and obviously, you're playing well at that time. And it was almost as if you could see that kind of sigh of relief. Like, finally, okay, things are going well. We can, we can you know, take solace in this right now. And then, boom a puck to the back of your net. So it's about keeping that momentum and staying focused. You never want to give up a goal um, at the back or, or on the next uh, shift after you just scored one. So keeping that momentum, pl- staying focused, um, you know, that's kind of been the, the, the big teaching point and the big sticking point for this yeah. team over the past couple of games. Well, Everett Fitzhugh is with us. The, the world-famous voice of Kraken Hockey is with us on the radio show before the Kraken and Ducks at 7 o'clock tonight from Climate Pledge Arena, and all of us talked over the offseason about the the lack of uh, offense on paper, at least, for this hockey team, and so far it's been the Jordan Eberle brandon Tanev show, but here comes Yanni Gord, who's got three goals in nine games. Is, is he back tonight? What's his status? Yeah, Yanni Gord was in practice this morning. He did go through some light drills. He picked it up a little bit at the end of practice. Um, as of 2.45 today, uh, 2.30 today, still not uh, heard if he's going to go or not. I don't think he will, um, but that's going to be closer to a game-time decision. But he did look good uh, on the ice, but you can just kind of tell in his face, in his body language, he doesn't think he's at a level where he should be. Um, mm-hmm. Now, again, things may change oh, yeah, by game t- by, by game time tonight, but um, it, it, he did practice today. He looked good in the practice, but if I were a betting man, this is just me, I would probably say he's out maybe tonight, and then you'll get him back in this weekend. Everett, uh, Jared McCann activated, but how long is it going to take him really to be fit to play a lot of minutes? Because it sounds like COVID knocked him out pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate thing about COVID-19, right? It affects so many different people in so many different ways. Um, again, like Yanni Gord, he was on the ice this morning, looked fine in his paces. He got a good practice in um, the other day. Uh, so, again, he's another player that offensively has been contributing well before he was knocked out by COVID. Only time will tell. I wonder if Dave Haxtell maybe eases him in a little bit, maybe plays him every other shift. We'll see how he looks in pregame warm-ups uh, before the game tonight. But he will be in the lineup. But, again, he's a pro. He's a guy that um, knows what it takes to succeed at this level. So I don't think there's going to be that much of a curve in terms of yeah. getting him back to, to, to game shape. Well, Philip Grubauer back in net tonight, uh, Everett against the Ducks, and we know he was getting worked a lot because
because uh, Chris Drieger was obviously banged up and Joey Decord did the best he could, but good to see Chris back in goal, even in the loss over the weekend. But what have you made of the way Philip has, has played so far in the first uh, month or so of the year? You know, I, I think he's showing why he was a Vesna candidate, a Vesna finalist. I think that he's made some really big saves when when the team uh, has needed it, and um, you know, the the players on the roster will tell you that there have been times when, hey, we as as the players as de- as defense need to be better in front of him. So he's been a really good goaltender, really good backstop for the crack, and he, he makes things look easy. He settles the game down. He controls the game down. Obviously, you know, he's probably letting in. He'll, he'll tell you that he's probably letting in a few more goals than he would be comfortable with. But, you know, he's showing why he is the reigning Vesna finalist uh, from last season, and, and, and he is a large reason why the Seattle Kraken have been in a position to win all but really one of those games. If you look at this season, Seattle potentially could have collected points in in all but one game. The the, the Philadelphia game is kind of the outlier. Um, But he really has kept this Kraken team in positions to win night in, night out, and and they're going to need another big performance from him here tonight. How do you evaluate what uh, Chris Drieger was able to do in his first start? You know, I I think what what he was able to do was finally get back into game action. He really didn't see a whole lot in the preseason, a period here, a couple of periods there. He's had some good practices. He did play in that game against New Jersey, but he hasn't had a full 60 minutes uh, since last season. So this was his first opportunity to really get a good 60 minutes under his belt Early in that game, he did a really good job of settling things down. The defense in front of him played very, very well. And, and that's the type, and I remember Dave and I were talking about that. That's the type of game that you as a goaltender, having have not played in a long time, that's the kind of game that you want. Shots from the outside, easy shots to see. I know that he's not happy with the one goal that deflected off of his glove um, and went in. But, again, he really was able to get back into that game shape. Now, obviously, the two goals in quick succession back in that third period, I know he's not happy with those. But for him to get a full game under his belt, I think is going to pay off dividends. And with this six-game homestand coming up, I wouldn't surprise me to see him get maybe one or two games of these next six. Has anything surprised you? about this team in the first 13 games that you kind of feel like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, um, I, I think it's it's the offense. And, and, and I know that this team scored a ton of goals. I know that players were snake-bitten early on in the season, but in the, in the offseason, so many people were saying that the, the, the defense was going to be this team's strength. It was going to be, you know, this defensively, this team is fine. Where's the offense going to come from? But I think on the other side of that, the Kraken, you know, if, if you look at where they rank in terms of goals allowed per game, they're 27th in the league at 3.39 goals allowed per game. That's probably a little higher than folks thought they would be at, but Jordan Eberle, seven goals in his last seven games. Brandon Tanev, one goal shy of his career high. He's got six right now. Before he was sidelined, Jared McCann was finding the score sheet. Gene Schwartz has been finding the score sheet. Defensively, Seattle Kraken D have accounted for about 28% of the Kraken's goals this year. So you're getting scoring 
from this team, I believe 18 players have recorded at least one point for Seattle. You're getting points, you're getting the offense, and it's just a matter of trying to limit the goals that you're giving up. So I think it's kind of a little bit of a reverse of where a lot of folks saw this team uh, at the beginning of the season and, and back in the offseason when it was drafted. Well, this Ducks team, third highest scoring team in the NHL, one point out of first place in the Pacific, so a, a good start. What do you make of them? And uh, most importantly, do they run the flying V? <laughs> the flying V is offside every single time, and, and I will die on that cross. I don't care what Charlie Conway or Adam Banks or any of them say, you're offside, blow it dead, do it again. Uh, <laughs> Anaheim, Anaheim is a very intriguing team to me simply because they're not supposed to be here. Uh, everybody wrote this team off. They're too young. Uh, they're too inexperienced. Their goaltending's not very good. They have said, well, you know, okay, we'll, we'll show you. They've gone out. They've turned the, the keys over, if you will, to the kids. Um, the Jamie Drysdales of the world, the um, Mason McTavishes of the world, Troy Terry, players who you know are young in age, young in NHL service, and they've really been able to to come on with this team. Troy Terry is riding a 12-game point streak right now. He's got all 16 of his points this season, nine games, seven assists, or nine uh, nine goals and seven assists in his last 12 games. So he really has been leading that offense. And I think for John Gibson, he's a goaltender that. Again, a lot of folks wrote off. He was very, very good coming out of junior hockey, coming out of college, but he really hasn't lived up to that great potential, I think, that a lot of folks saw from him. But now he's starting to find his way, and especially this season. I think Anaheim is, is a team that a lot of folks have taken for granted and they've been able to catch some teams off guard, but they've been playing very, very well. Ryan Getzlaff just became their all-time leading scorer uh, as well. So they're just a very loose team. The Kraken are going to have to really start on time tonight because yeah. they will jump on you early, they will score early, and that's going to be a huge factor for Seattle this evening. All right, man, go get him. Appreciate you uh, taking time out from your busy schedule, mingling and hobnobbing with the stars to uh, to talk to us here on the radio show. So thank you well, for hey, sharing your time. Yeah, you, you have to remember where you come from and, and remember your humble <laughs> beginnings. Yeah, right. you know, whatever I can do for you guys, let me know. I'll send over a couple of autographs for you, and, yeah. and you know we'll, we'll smooth things over. Beautiful. Thank you, man. That's all we need. Have fun tonight. <laughs> we'll talk soon, Love buddy. You, fellas. We'll talk to you guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. <laughs> Everett fits you with us on the air, getting ready for the Kraken and Ducks coming up at 7 o'clock. Pre-game of Mike Benton in a matter of minutes. And uh, just to recap, the big news of the day in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, is not going to the Packers. He's not going to the Seahawks. He's not going to the Chiefs. He's going to go play football for the L.A. Rams. And, uh, hey, look, good for them. I mean, their salary cap situation next year is in the dumpster. It's unbelievably bad for next year. They already went out and got Von Miller. Now they went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. So if you're a Ram fan, you love the fact that you're going for it right Mm -hmm. now. But if they don't get it done this year, they are in big trouble. My favorite NFL stat of the year, I think, is that the Seattle Seahawks have more cap space right now for this season than the Rams have for next season. It's amazing. That is how awful the Rams' salary cap situation is for 2022. They have... 
basically $5 million to spend next year, yep. and they've got 13 more guys to sign. Well, you know what they say about stats, by the way? Stats are for yeah. losers. Uh, they might be losers this year. Who knows? All right, we'll get out of here. Mike Benton is sitting uh, here in the studio, uh, chomping at the bit to get on the air and get his pregame show going. Face off at 7 o'clock. Kraken Ducks coming up right here on 950K. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.